Well, hello there, and welcome to my corner of the digital universe. Prepare to dive deep, get real, get close, and find out entirely too much about people you likely don't even know. I'm Jeremy Griffin, and these are my conversations. So grab a coffee and get comfortable, because here we go. You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Yes, I am sorry. So for any of you guys who regularly listen to conversations, um, you'll notice that we've been take, we've taken a massive hiatus um, and uh, we're back from outer space. Woo-hoo. It's exciting, isn't it? Very. Yes. So today uh, I have a, a guest. Uh, she's a podcaster. Uh, we'll say a podcaster. You have a YouTube channel. Correct. Let's talk about your YouTube channel a little bit. Uh, and then we'll we'll talk about why that connects with what we're doing right here in this podcast. Sure. So tell us about your podcast channel. Because uh, it's pretty cool. It, it is pretty cool. For me, it's cool. For my little niche. It's a nice niche. I like it. Uh, I do nails. I'm not a nail tech. Not a professional by any stretch. But I do educate, demo, review. I love I love your nails. I mean, not just your, na- not just your nails, the nails that you do. Thank you. I've seen them. I've watched several episodes, and I, I told my wife I'm enthralled because I have no reason to watch the nails. I didn't know you did. I, I do. I mean, I wouldn't say I watch it on the regular, but I found myself. I don't remember how long the episode was, but I went to check it out, and I'm like 12 minutes in, going like just locked in very enthralled and i'm I'm like doing my job right you're doing great yeah because i'm like why do i care but i was just so locked in i was like that's awesome so you can sprinkle powder and do nails yeah pretty much that was one that i saw like what's the main thing that is it's a dip powder it's acrylic powder just applied a different way technical stuff i guess that's fun do you prep the nails in some way that i missed usually i do my nails so often you have to do sanding uh, uh, you should. <laughs> you use I like don't. rigid tools from Home Depot. I d- you know, you, you can. You can. <laughs> you can. That's even better. We, you can use like a Dremel and commercial grade acetone if you wanted to. I wouldn't. <laughs> that so. sounds awesome. I might be more into it now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't know those were options. They my, could be. My nail. Look at that. They kind of need some help, don't they? They're not that bad. They're really not though for a dude that just like rips them off. No, I, I have I, no complaints. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, you ha- what, el- what else do you mess around with? What, what else is going on in your life? That's really about it. I, I do that full time now. That's it awesome. started off as a hobby and something I did because I needed to. Not YouTube, just my nails. Right. And now it's turned into a full time job, which is such a blessing. Think about that. My gosh. I, I can't because. What a world we live in today, right? How did that happen? Don't ask. I don't I'm just going to video doing nails and, and that's what, that's my job. Oddly enough, it started because I went back to school and I couldn't afford to get my nails done anymore. I lost financial aid because I dropped out when I was a dumb kid. And See? here and there, I got people, can you videotape this? Videotape that. And I'm like, how do you do that? That looks awesome. That stuff, right? I had never videotaped anything a day in my life. You do really good. Like that's the other thing. I, cause I don't, and what I do, I don't do a, like hardly any overhead shots. So like off air, I want to ask you a little bit about some of what you're doing with that. I have some ideas of how it will be done because I'm going to do a lot of instructional videos on some of our podcasting stuff. And so I'm like, I need to ask Marla. I got you. I didn't introduce you. You're so rude. Oh my gosh. Guys, this is Marla. Hi. <laughs> Marla and I have known each other for a long time. Since 2008, we met. Correct. Uh, which is a little odd for people when they understand why, you know. It's weird for me, too. It's weird. So Marla is my sister. I am the sister. <laughs> and we met in 2008. True. Blood sister, by the way. So crazy, right? 
How did that happen too? I know, right? Okay, so uh, quick story. You guys who, who you might have, may have caught the podcast with my mom. It was Mother's Day, I think, of 2020, 2021, something like that. Anyway, so when I was six years old, I think five or six, um, my mom was pregnant with a little baby in her tummy. That's how I knew it. And this is the baby that was in her tummy. And I didn't get to meet her. Like, I knew she had a baby. Um, and then one day she didn't have a baby. She went to the hospital and, and she gave you up for adoption. And she was already a single mom and apparently was... A, that was probably a good decision. I don't know how Marla feels about that. I would agree. But growing up with me would have sucked. <laughs> For that reason, it was a good choice. <laughs> right? So in 2008, uh, in fact, August 8th, 2008, which I always think is really cool. I think somebody did some numerology thing on that. I was just thinking when we were talking down by the beach, I'm like, I wonder what the angel number is. You're going to be, if I'm not mistaken, because I was thinking about this earlier, if I'm not mistaken, um, one of our other podcasters uh, had looked it up and it was new beginnings. Stop it. I am not <gasps> lying. Eight is the number of new beginnings. It's got chills. Isn't that crazy? That is insane. So 2008, I'm watching the opening day of the Olympics ceremony. Is that what you were doing? <laughs> I think that's what I was doing. <laughs> and uh, your friend, Jen, mm -hmm. uh, I just get this call. And that's another thing. You know, who, who answers a weird phone number, right? Very these days? bizarre. I Especially answered, from like a super far area code. Right, right. So because you were in New York. I was in Oklahoma, and uh, I just answered the phone. Hello? <laughs> I don't know what I said. And uh, it was your friend, Jen. And mm -hmm. she said, hey, I have a friend. She's been looking for her mother and her brother, and, and we think you're it. And I lost. I think I started crying then. <laughs> I don't remember. But I'm like, yes, we are it. <laughs> it is me. You like, know, what's crazy is that before Jen even got involved, she knew that I had started this adventure, if you will, of trying to find you and Kathy. But I had actually hired a private investigator, mm. which is super creepy in hindsight, but Sorry. I didn't know Were what else to do. they out my house? No. Dang it. They had no luck. Oh. The ironic part was Jen found you guys before they did. That's crazy. I got my money back though. Oh, well, that's good. So it was good. Yeah, I think at that point you should. <laughs> uh, I called my girlfriend and she just found them. That's you exactly suck, what bro. happened. How did she find us? I'm, I'm curious. I, I mean, I feel like I've asked that before, but I don't remember. I know exactly how she, which is ridiculous. I'm like, why didn't I think of this? But that's why I employed Jen to do this for me because she's way smarter Jen's than I am. Jen's kind of the bomb. She is. I think I've only met Jen once, but I've been, in, I, she's the bomb. She's amazing. Anyway. So I, when I first started, of course I was Googling. That's what you did. You Googled what you needed right. to find. And I had no luck. So then I hired the company. I called Jen, told her what I was doing. And all she did was put in mom's name and her husband's name together in google really? and it popped up the registry how about that and the private investigator couldn't figure that out. if nope. you're an aspiring private investigator check out this new website it's called google <laughs> do better and apparently you can find all sorts of information there yeah evidently do better for sure. so the other thing okay we haven't talked about this so a lot of people just listen to this podcast but this is a video podcast so you might notice the background um we are in florida where you currently reside. I do. Yeah. So we plan on doing this podcast like a long time ago, like eight months ago, something like that. And we were going to do a remote one. And long story there, but we I, I stopped doing podcasts basically on this channel for a while. And so there were two occasions I was supposed to be in Florida. And I never even called you because I was waiting for them to follow through. And then they didn't. And I'm like, I want to do this like in person. And so, of course, now we had the opportunity to because we went to Florida. And as they see on, if they're watching this podcast, they can see the beautiful ocean, the Atlantic behind us. Yep. And uh, 
And then it's, it's, you know, conversations with Jeremy Griffin on vacation, not location, but on vacation. Out in the field. That's right. So in any case, so um, where were we on the story? Because I just cared about talking about that for a minute. So Jen found you Jen guys found through us. Google. That's, right. that's crazy. That's still kind of crazy to me. So when she called you, tell because this is something that, you know, we're going to try to tell this story, like how this unfolded. Because there's been a play. lot of people who are just completely intrigued. I'm intrigued. Like, if I look at it third party, like, I step back and I'm like, man, I'm curious. <laughs> like, even weird myself, Because right? for me, I don't feel like it's that interesting because there wasn't, like, any big dramatic event that happened that led up to this or happened because right. of it. sure, Because sure. I've read a lot of stories about other adoptees finding their adoptive parent or, or biological parents, I should say, mm-hmm. and their experience was horrific. Mm. Tons of trauma, tons of negativity surrounding it on both ends from their family, from the biological family. And that was honestly one of my biggest fears going into the entire oh, thing. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. I don't want to be rejected again. Right. Because you already have that sense. Right. And neither one of us, also for the record, neither one of us have ever met her dad. Correct. Right. So that's another story. Anyway, go that's ahead. A whole that's a whole... <laughs> that's got, another chapter. <laughs> right. We're going to start a whole podcast series about that, but... <laughs> that would be pretty interesting, actually. <laughs> right. Tear it all apart. Um, yeah, so there was nothing big or monumental that happened surrounding it. It just kind of happened and it was, Yeah, which I was not expecting. I wasn't ready for. Right. But it was pleasantly surprising that nothing bad happened. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was. So when Jen called you, it's like, Hey, I found him. Mm -hmm. What happened to you? Oh, I, I didn't know it at the time, but I was pregnant. I was pregnant with Mia. Right. But I didn't, I didn't know. My goddaughter. All right. Um, so I, and I'm not a crier. I'm really not. I'm not a very emotional person. I, I, I cry through my armpits, I tell people. <laughs> I, I'm not like a physical... Man, I was sitting here going, this, how am I going to broach this smell subject? But now I know. I'm just kidding. We just have to accept it and move on. Um, so I literally fell to the floor. I was home by myself. Wow. Fell to the floor. The kids might have been there, like the other two. Yeah. Uh, but they were little. Yeah, exactly. Hysterically crying. Couldn't breathe. Felt like I was having a panic attack. And when I finally got my breath and my bearings, I'm like, I got to call these people. Yeah. The hell do I say to these people? Right. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm me. (laughs) Yeah. I don't even remember. (laughs) I think you said, hi, I'm Marla or something. I don't remember. I just know. I don't remember. It was, uh, it was incredibly emotional. I I talked to my wife about it, like, cause she has a brother and I mean, I don't know what that's like. The, the words that came out of my mouth, like there was a lesson that ultimately came out because I finally verbalized emotionally for me it was very new mm-hmm. but familiar and i thought that's a weird thing to say yep. but it was right it's and i always described it to people like there's gears inside you like you work right and there's a gear that just never turned and then it started turning and you're like oh okay i don't you, think that i need clicked. to figure that out but <laughs> i didn't i don't think it clicked for me until you and Lori came up here mm. and we were finally face to face hugged it out and then it, it started the emotions started flooding me yeah and again, pregnant. Right. That didn't, <laughs> didn't help anything. You're like, well, okay. Do you remember when you were in my kitchen? Oh, no. I was in the kitchen. You were in my living room. And you started playing Walking in Memphis on my piano. Oh, yeah. Bowling my eyes out <laughs> doing the dishes. See, that's the crazy part. So, like, we... So, that was August, right? So, mm-hmm. we talked on the phone, like, constantly. Oh, my gosh. Constantly. every day. Yeah. It was... I mean, we're trying to catch up on 30 years, basically. Yep. And so talked on the phone and I I mean, it's after about a month, I think it got a little more normal, if you will, you know, and then, uh, then in October of that year, um, Lori and I came up to see you guys and, um, 
that was just a, it was so surreal. Like just knowing, cause here's the thing, you know, you, you know, I've been in therapy at different times in my life just for maintenance and things like that. Sure. Never any major issues, I guess. But, but one of the things I've learned just pretty early on and why I even go into therapy is there's, it's so important to, to deal with stuff, even though you don't think you have stuff to deal with. Agreed. Cause that's the thing. I learned that so early. Cause Again, we just touched on a minute ago, never meeting our dad, which is different dads, I, I, I think. I, I we think. think. <laughs> I, I am almost certain that's true. I don't know, though. How I would, how would we I've know, had right? speculations. Yeah. See, that's just it. But, but here's the thing. So with that whole thing, I remember um, realizing, like I said to somebody once, they said, you'd never met your dad? I'm like, no, man, you seem so. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's normal to me. It's like if you were born without an arm. That's all you know. That is all you know. Well, the weird thing is when you realize that actually still affects you. You know what I mean? So, like, I remember I was doing a podcast. I was a guest on a podcast. Um, and someone said, I just, this is so weird So I wasn't ready for this. Someone said, who's, who's had the biggest impact in your life? And I said, my dad. It just came out. Oh, wow. Yeah, it just came out. And in that moment, I'm like, hmm. And they looked at me and they said, I didn't know, think, you know, we talked. You didn't think you knew. I said, I don't. Sometimes that but that's had space. the biggest impact in my life. I mean, when I started processing his absence, mm-hmm. it it probably shaped me more than I ever knew. And I think that was what it was to me. For, for me, I felt like what I did know was the tip of the iceberg, and that was a lot. Yep. And so, anyway, I, I just think it was it, it's just fundamentally interesting. But back to October, we're up there, we're hanging out, and uh, uh, we went pumpkin patch. We did went to pumpkin patch. What else did we do? I remember sitting in my kitchen, doing normal stuff. Right, just doing we everyday We sat in stuff. my kitchen playing Uno or yeah. cards or blackjack, whatever it was we were playing. Yeah. And I'm like, this is this is normal, but it's not. But it's weird, right? <laughs> it's so weird. You're like, there's a stranger in my house. Like that's, I but can I imagine. Him. Right, dude, that was the weirdest thing. Isn't it? I, I keep pointing over to Lori. You guys can't see her. She's on. She's, she's right there. But, <laughs> but I remember feeling odd because I'm like, I mean, uh, I love another woman. <laughs> I don't know how to process that. It's not weird or gross, but it is weird for me. Like, I don't know what to do with that. That brings up another funny situation or lack thereof, I guess, if you will, because throughout my late teens and early 20s, I only found out I was adopted when I was 16. Oh, wow. Which, again, whole nother chapter. Sure. But when I found that out and I realized I had a brother, I'm like, I better not start dating my brother. Oh, yeah. Because you never know. Right. Like, it could be walking. What if he doesn't know either? Right. That's how I was. We were, we, I was playing uh, worship at a lot of youth camps. And I would, I would have these moments right in the middle leading worship thinking, oh, maybe my sister's here. You know, I just See? like, and I get all like I am now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because you go through life and you know this. And I think that's what kind of messed with me so much is that, by the time I was like 31, maybe I think 32. And by the time you get to that age, you just, you accept the absence. Right. Right. It's like literally if the, at the door right now, our dad or dad <laughs> knocks on the door and is like, Hey, I'm your dad. Like, I what, what would we do? I don't know. Freak out. We've been through enough. I think you and I would be like, can you hold on a second? <laughs> and we'd huddle up. Yeah, hey. back outside the balcony. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Grab a drink. Let's see. Uh, no, but I mean, I think that's the thing. And so how, can, how you can't be prepared for that moment and the emotional flood that's there. And that's why I think it's so crazy. It's like you, you just have to deal with it. And I think that yeah. in our situation, I had the home team advantage 
I knew that it was coming. It, right. You were blindsided. Absolutely blindsided. And again, nothing about it was bad. I remember because it was like in that same time, I started having massive panic attacks and anxiety and things like that. And so there was a whole lot in my life at the time. Mom was living with us because her company had gotten um, unceremoniously uh, d- made demised. <laughs> That's not good English, but anyway. <laughs> um, I'm trying to nicely say it screwed up and sucked and it Makes wasn't sense. necessarily her fault. But anyway, um, so she was living with me and Lori and that even that was weird. You know, you typically, I would never ask, uh, you know, Lori wouldn't ask, Hey, can I parents move in? Like, you know, that's a hard thing to broach, sure but, um, cause Lori worked with mom for 10 years, that's 11 right. years. So anyway, she was living with us and, um, I was having, I hated my job. Um, and I was working multiple jobs, not just mostly cause of fun. Like it really wasn't a money issue for us, but I needed to get away and do different things. Right. And so anyway, I remember going to the, the hospital a couple of times with chest pains and things. And the, the doctor said, well, I think you're dealing with stress, like multiple doctors, right? It wasn't just once. They said, well, we really think you're dealing with stress. And I kept saying, I handle stress fine. <laughs> And I would say that, and they're like, but you're here, bro. Sure you do. You bury it all. Exactly. And and so, you know, one of the times they said, well, tell me about your life. What's going on? And well, the timing was just right. And I said, well, I just met my sister, and my mom lives with me. And I started going down this list. And by the time I hit, like, the fifth item, I thought, man, that's not any one of those items would have been massive for anybody. And for me, all five things were there. And I wasn't remotely done with the list. Mm-hmm. And so... I think this is something too, I would say to anybody who's got anything similar to this, because I've had a lot of people reach out to me even since mom told the story on the podcast, um, who similar stories, I mean, they're always different, but um, there's a, a measure of, I guess, guilt dealing with dealing with the emotion, feeling the weight of that emotion. Absolutely. You're like, why? Because I remember you and I talked, the, the weird thing for, for me and you, I think, is that neither one of us had a choice in anything. We're just, we didn't. We're just bystanders to the Collateral whole Collateral damage, if you will. Exactly. And, and so because of that, even as we're emotionally processing and dealing with all that happened, like there can be a level of guilt. Like, well, I shouldn't feel weight from this. I should feel joy. And you do. But, but anybody who's gone to a a theme park for a day knows that you're tired when you're done. Exactly. You had fun, but you're tired. And I think that emotional draining for however long, I mean, it just takes a toll on you. And then when you add these other pieces to it. So I would just encourage people not to feel bad about that. I totally agree. And I had it from both ends because I had the stress of the new situation and also the stress of my adoptive family. Right. Sure. Feeling a certain way about the entire thing. And that is incredibly overwhelming. And thankfully, I knew enough at the time that therapy was always there and was always an option and very much necessary. Sure. Because I don't know where I would have been if I hadn't gotten help that I needed just to process everything because it's a ton. Right. And unless you, I don't even know how to say it. You, 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 no one knows what it's like unless you've actually been there. <laughs> right. And it's stressful and I think I worried more about my adoptive family and how they felt and yeah. they did not take it well whatsoever, which made mm. that even exponentially more difficult. Yeah. But having to leave that where it was and know that that's not my problem mm-hmm. was a huge step in me being able to fully process everything that happened. Yeah. Did you find, so for you personally, like once you, once we're in your life, did you find what you were looking for? You know what I'm saying? Like in your search, and I don't know how to define it. Maybe you can. But did you find the thing you were looking for? Maybe closure might be the word. I don't know. I don't know that I found the closure immediately. 
I think that happened over a course of years. And I think a lot of it had to do with, because there was a point in my time, in my life, my time, <laughs> that I really was hell-bent on finding my father mm-hmm. because I needed that piece to yeah. complete the puzzle. And once I uh, came to the realization that it was probably never going to happen, I had to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. And now I am. Yeah. I, I will never look for him. I will never bring it up. It's never a thought in my mind at this point. Mm-hmm. But at the time, you know, you have all these pieces finally fitting together. Mm-hmm. Imagine the big puzzle in front of you and you're missing that one the top one piece. corner piece. Right. And we, we talked, because you asked me what I knew, which was nothing. what a six-year-old knows. Exactly. <laughs> right. But I, but I get that. And that was the other thing is that here's, the, here's another kind of odd reality is that typically... I, I don't know, maybe not typically, but the fact that I could relate to you on that end was in and of itself kind of anomaly exactly. an anomaly, you know, and and I think I, we both needed that. Absolutely. I mean, just the, I, I don't know. I think that's the, there's, I get such joy out of saying, just saying I have a sister. Like I can say that without, now I can say my sister lives in Florida. Now I can say my sister, whatever. Um, before when someone would say, do you have any siblings? I didn't even know how to answer that question because mm-hmm. I knew. Exactly. Same. But what do you do? You know, what do you say? And I, I mean, it depends on the casual well, long statement. story. Exactly. That's all you can do. And nine times out of 10, I, I would say no growing up because of the moment of the question. Why right? don't you avoid the entire thing altogether? Well, yeah, we're, we're, we're at dinner with somebody and they're like, do you have any brothers or sisters? No. <laughs> and exactly. then you go on with life. And now... Uh, it's just the funniest thing. Cause like I said before, you, so like, you have your brothers, sisters. Yeah. And then, then inevitably when you tell a story and it comes up, like when you got, they'll say, you know, Lori will tell stories. We'll be somewhere. And she'll be like, yeah, I tried to kill my brother multiple times with brake fluid or knives or I don't know, whatever you tried to kill him. With. That sounds like her. Can you believe, <laughs> I mean, talk about a gutsy dude, right? <laughs> I knew those stories before we got, you're married. a survivor. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Um, no, but th- you know, we'll be telling these funny stories and they're like, well, you know, what, what happened with you when you were a kid? <sighs> Nothing. Nope. There was, it was very uneventful. We got along great. <laughs> well, see, I had a sister You did. Up. I know. <laughs> you got to tell those stories. I don't have any stories to tell. I don't speak to my sister. Oh, really? So, yeah. You know what? That's has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. That was just merely a matter of her and I are very different people that sure. cannot get along. So, my two older boys, Gabe and Noah, favorite story, just in relation to this. So, one day, Noah, who's the younger of the two, and very quiet, right? He's, he's a lot more like Lori's demeanor, and Gabe's a lot more like mine. So, they're talking, and he, I, I don't know what, how it all came about, but he basically said, if we weren't brothers, we wouldn't be friends. Now, what, he was, what Noah was communicating was, I don't think if we were two random guys in high school, because they're one year apart, right? Right. So if we're, if we're two random guys in high school, we probably wouldn't have hung out. That's what he was trying to communicate. <laughs> Gabe has never let that go. <laughs> He's like, we wouldn't be friends. Are you crazy? <laughs> That's hurtful. <laughs> but, but my point is, is they are different people. And um, they, have, they stay close. In fact, they stay close. I think part of this is technology. Sure. I mean, because here's a weird, you know, now it's nothing. I mean, when we were growing up, you your friends were close to you, and you called them on a phone at your house that was connected to if a wall. If you did that, you if rode you did your that, bike right. to you their house. You just went to their house and exactly. asked if they could come out and play, and if they couldn't, you kicked your feet and you left, right? Exactly. But, but with Gabe and Noah, like, their whole friend group, which is now a big conglomerate um, of, you know, cross-pollination, but they all 
Noah's in Maryland. Gabe's in Oklahoma. Right. I don't know if the other guys are all, I think most of them are all in Oklahoma, but they stay connected through tech every Which day. Is beautiful. And my it's kids awesome. are the same way. Yeah. Well, even this, people, people who know me well know that I only wear black. And I think if they see me in this yellow shirt and anybody right now who's just listening instantly is going to the video right now because they just do not believe I'm wearing a color. Well, it's here in Florida. <laughs> I know. When in Rome, you got to wear sunshine. I, we, hey, I bought cabana wear. This was purchased for this trip. I had a feeling. I mean, I had to, right? I've got another shirt kind of like this. I've got I'm not several mad other it. colors. But you would never wear that at home. Uh, no, never. <laughs> well, and he, the driving force was the sun. I thought, I can't be in all black like I always am. That will just... Oh, no, you'll will, yeah. burst into flames. I would. I thought about buying a bunch of white shirts, but I felt like that was racist. And so I didn't do it. Plus sweat stains. Sweat stains, that's true. You don't want that. So anyway... Um, yeah, but, but, you know, so I think that's the thing too. I want you to talk a little bit more, if you don't mind talking about more, like what was the dynamic with your adopted family? Cause I remember even coming up there, like I met, um, your mom and sister mm -hmm. in October of that year, 90 or uh, 08. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were super nice to me. Um, you know, but I, in my, I, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, this has got to suck for them, like in my mind, you know. How, how did they do that? Like, you don't have to reveal more than you want to, You're but, fine. you know, how um, was that? So, again, they, they told me when I was 16. And it wasn't as if they told me in, in a certain way outside of anger. Mm -hmm. they, they, we got into a fight, my mother and I. My mother and I never got along. My father was one of my best buddies, you know, God rest his soul. He passed away when I was 20. Mm -hmm. But... They sat me down and told me after we had gotten to an argument, and I had to deal with that when I was 16 through Also being 16. Right. <laughs> Which is enough. You right. know, being 16 is enough. So after having dealing with that, then I move on with my life, get married, start having babies. Then um, I, I wound up with a heart condition, and that was really the driving force between finding mm. you guys. Um, I had SVT, supraventricular tachycardic arrhythmia, whole big thing. I had surgery and we're fine. But at that time, I wasn't sure if it was something genetic. Do I need to find out a medical history for my kid's sake? So that's kind of what provoked the investigation, if you will. Yeah. So once I told my mother that's what was happening, she was very supportive, gave me all the information she had. I had all the adoption documents. I had photos. Well, the one. Right. And I ran with that. I thought everything was fine. But then when I actually found you guys, everything kind of flipped and they got, they, my sister and my mother got very upset and very angry and decided that's it. Marla's leaving. She's moving to Oklahoma. She has nothing to do with us anymore. She just wants to be there with her new family. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, if y'all didn't want me to know. Right. You shouldn't have told me. And then they met me and they're like, we just can't hate this guy. He's too cool. That's exactly what they said. <laughs> I can't believe you know that. Well, you know. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly what they said. I'm it the Ted, I'm the Ted Lasso of adoption. That's what <laughs> it had nothing to do with you or Kathy right, for that sure. matter. It was me betraying my family. Right. Yeah, because you, you started it. I did. I'm, I'm the, the big troublemaker. I miss saying that. I never got to say that growing up. Because Marla started in it. He already pulled my hair today. I did. Twice. I pulled her hair because I never have before. <laughs> I'm like, oh, there you go. Hey, think about it, though. <laughs> Making up for all those years, that's it. Let's be honest. It's not that bad. Yeah, I'm getting let off on the easy side here. I mean, that's true. Uh, my mom's brother uh, still pulls her hair, and they grew up together. So, you know, what do you do? Lori, do you? Well, you, you're not, you don't have a microphone. I can't. She doesn't. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> 
So anyway, they didn't, they didn't take it well. They did not. To this day, they still don't take it well. Yeah. And I think this is purely speculation, but I, I do have a degree in behavioral science, so I can kind of speak to this a little bit. But I'm, I, I would suffice it to say that my mother suffers from some sort of narcissistic personality disorder mm. and has effectively driven a wedge between myself and my sister mm. from childhood. Yeah. Which is very typical of that type of personality. Sure it is. So for that reason, I no longer maintain a relationship with either of them. Mm. Because it was better for my own sanity. Right. And my own mental health to not have that dynamic. Yeah. So let's switch gears because I want to talk about this. I'm sure you do. No, I think this is really important because that uh, I think that narcissism has... It, I think it's at the root of what's destroying the culture in our nation. I agree. Like... At, at its very core, and, and you're, you, you know, gaslighting is a huge part of narcissism. Correct. Um, and for those who don't know, this is a term that's thrown around all the time. Way too loosely. Right. But gaslighting is basically trying to convince somebody some, of something that's absolutely untrue, and you make them feel like they're the idiot yeah, for not knowing. Exactly. It. Essentially, um, if I were to accuse you of, like, I don't know, committing a crime, and you would make me feel like I'm the crazy person for thinking that you would do that. Exactly, exactly. And and so this is a massive, like, gaslighting is, I would, I don't know this, you would be able to confirm this, but in my experience, I would say it's the number one tool of a narcissist because it's the first thing, because as soon as that, because what a narcissist really wants is for you to depend on them for everything. Everything. And as soon as you've gaslit somebody, they have to, now you're their source for all real truth and data. And it goes so far beyond just the relationship to your point. Correct. It, you know, a, a true narcissist is searching for control. And, and here's the thing. Narcissists are built they're, I think they're probably born too, but I think mostly they're built out of childhood trauma and some things that Absolutely have gone on. Agree. And that's the ironic part because. <laughs> Cause you're not. <laughs> probably I should be, but maybe, now. maybe the jury's still out. I don't know. <laughs> but my, from my mother, and the way that she is slash was when I was, you know, having that dynamical relationship with her, I had asked her numerous times, like, what happened to you? Mm-hmm. And not in a, you know, cynical or, or demeaning way. I was genuinely curious, like, what went on in your childhood that may have contributed to the way you behave mm-hmm. in general with other people, with me, with my sister, my, my father, for that matter. And she was like, I had a great childhood. Yeah. Okay. Right. I, I know of a person who had been diagnosed clinically with, I don't know how they say it, but a narcissist from a clinical di- diagnosis, not some me throwing out the term, right? NPD, narcissistic uh, personality yes. disorder, right? So, so that, this particular person, um, they, they had no memory before the age of eight. Happens. I have no right. memory before the age of eight. Oh, see? With the exception of one. I have one memory when I was about 18 years old, 18 months old, 18 months old. And that's the only memory I have for most of my childhood. Gotcha. See, that's, and that, that is one of those things, again, traumatic, right? When you have trauma in that time frame, you literally, there's big blank spots. Missing time. Isn't that crazy? I can think of a lot of memories that I have all the way down to, I had to ask mom how old I would have been based on a memory I had. I mean, I was like, baby baby Mm -hmm. and it was it's just a picture just a mental picture of two kids on a swing and I they were my brother and sister but didn't feel like they were my brother and sister and they were um my when my mom had me she was married to a guy named Tom and it was his kids okay but I didn't know (laughs) 
You just <laughs> right? had that memory, I just that had one this little image. And I mean, I was, I would have had to been, I mean, I was, at that point, I would have had to been under a year. Wow. Which blows my, because I'm like, I don't think that's, that's possible. Back. Yeah, but I was literally, like I could, I was sitting in the dirt and I described them and, uh, and yeah, that's, and, and so like, and then you can go back and see that, you know, I can see these other memories, but like, that was it. She never, I don't even remember what he looked like and she didn't have anything to do with him after that, that I'm aware of. I just know when I was a little older, maybe eight, I have a memory of him calling because you got to understand. So from my standpoint, my, my biological father's name is Tom and I always thought that was him. And it wasn't him. Well, that might be confusing. It was, right. And so, and that's how it stayed. Because I found out that I, I never knew that Tom, right? But I didn't find out until I was 20 that that Tom was not the same Tom. And so that was the thing for me. Is different, but it's similar. Because I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you know? That'll mess with your mind a little bit. It did. And, and then you kind of, and, and mom was really cool about, like, she said, do you want me to try to find him? Do you, you know? Which she didn't know how to find. I mean, in the seventies, like there was no none of that technology. No, you didn't have a Google. No, and the world was a different world, man. That's also that true. is for sure. But like, um, so anyway, just thinking about those. So I say that to say, I mean, I, I have a lot of memories when I was younger, and uh, including some traumatic ones. Like I can, you know, I would have been happy to black out on some of those. Well, see, that's the other <laughs> you know? very um, strange thing about any kind of trauma PTSD situation. And I, I like to describe it as uh, a pain tolerance. Mm, that makes Just sense. because something hurts me and leaves a scar doesn't mean you're going to react the same way to it. And trauma is the same exact way. Mm. You know, you and I can have identical experiences with a, a given situation and it's going to affect psychologically, mentally, emotionally us in very different ways. Yeah, that makes sense. See, Lori's had no trauma in her life. I married a traumaless human. Except for that one time. Which I don't even, I mean, <laughs> yeah, except for that one time. She doesn't remember it though. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said I'm sorry. Anyway. <laughs> no, it, I, I just, I, you know, going back to the narcissist thing, though, I, it's weird because I don't know how to, to process this. Like, I care about people in general, right? This is like my thing. I, I love to see people's dreams come true and, and help with that process. It's one of my favorite things. And when I come across a person and I start to get the narcissistic vibe, I don't even know what to do. Because on the one hand... I know that they're the way they are because of their own hurt and their pain. And there's a, there's a compassion in me for that, a sure. sympathy for it. But on the other hand, I know that they're likely to try to weaponize me. Accurate. <laughs> and, and the crazy part is they don't know. Right. Which is they why. They don't know they're doing it. Yeah. Which is why I, I don't know the actual statistic. I want to say it's somewhere upwards of 95% of the time. Mm. You cannot cure narcissism or wow. NPD. Because they don't know that anything is wrong. Right. They live in their altered state of reality. And there's no meds for it. There's not. There's only talk therapy that's, uh, for now at least, there are yeah. other um, non-medical... What about some shock therapy? Can we try <laughs> Can I do it? Like, can I operate the electrocution that's device? That's what I'm saying, that'd be right? fun. <laughs> I have a laundry list. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You're right. Which is... That's crazy. Which brings me to another point, because once you have that inter uh, interactivity or experience with someone with MPD, mm -hmm. guess what you attract? Mm -hmm. That's and what you that, want. And that, I yeah. think... And I'm not bitter. But that, I think, <laughs> set me up. I know I've up. got a sound effect for that, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You weren't prepared. <laughs> and I think that set me up for a uh, series of failures mm. in my life. And I know that a lot of people are like, um, either A, trauma made you who you are, and B, trauma messed me up 
horribly. And I think it's both. I think it did mess me up horribly. But I also think knowing that you're messed up and knowing you can do something about it is key to not sure. keeping that cycle going, especially when I have kids. Because right. I don't want them to think that's normal behavior. Right. That's the thing that's kind of interesting to me because I got, I mean, I, I mean this legitimately, not just because she's in a room, but I got really lucky with my wife because because of that. I agree. If nothing else, right? Like I should have had, and, and here's the deal. Everybody, I shouldn't say everybody because I mean, that's a broad stroke, but I, I see Lori broke the pattern. She, she did not fit anything about the pattern of the, of the girls that I dated up to her. And I remember telling people this and, and it was a lot of it's insecurity, but uh, I would, I'd never asked a girl out unless I knew for a fact she was going to say yes. Which makes uh, sense. Right. I don't, I'm not going to be rejected. That's right. just not going to happen. I'm going to avoid that at all costs. Now I know probably why. Of course, nobody wants rejection, right? But in any case, that did not happen with Lori because when I when I saw Lori, it was, I, mean, I hate to use the cliche of love at first sight because I don't know if it was love. It was absolutely attraction at first sight. And I thought, well, I mean, I'm, what? All I have to lose is a lifetime of happiness. So I guess I'm going to go, <laughs> you know, and the Sounds crazy- Sounds like a valuable risk. Well, I mean, to me it was, and 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 she told me no the first time. She gave me the equivalent of I'm washing my hair. <gasps> I mean, it wasn't quite that. Like I said, hey, I don't know how I worded it. I try to be slick, I'm sure. But but it was. I was asking her on a date, and she said I had a party to go to. Now, let me just say this. We're in high school, um, and, and kids in high school go to parties. Not her. And I knew that. I didn't go to parties either. We weren't party people. The party people were the jocks, and, and right. that was it. And we're like, oh, look, they're partying. I didn't even know where parties were. And she's like, well, I got a party to go to. <laughs> party to go to, whatever. Smart girl. <laughs> I'm just saying. So I went on with life. And then I don't remember the second time I asked her out. Like, I don't remember the context or where we were. But she said yes. And, you know, that's all she wrote. But, but I mean, I say that just to say, you know, she doesn't fit those molds. And, and I went to a, a week-long retreat that was dealing with codependency. And they were talking about how... Um, a huge number of people, at least a measure of codependency, 90 something percent have a measure of it. And, and I'm like, no, not my wife. Like from a standpoint of when I lay out all of the symptoms and stuff, I'm like, oh yeah, no, that's me. No, there's no question. Yep. Check, 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 check. Yep. Lori, no, mm -mm. not, not a lick. She's in the, she's in the up other percentage, but I mean, you did get lucky. I did. Thanks Lori. Don't you ever leave her. I, That's n- that's not the concern. <laughs> Trust me. But she cooks good too. That's a bonus. It is a bonus. She made bacon this morning. Bacon. You didn't save any for me. I know. I'm hurt. I know. She doesn't even like bacon. She makes me bacon. First off, that's in and of itself a weird thing. Like, why don't you like bacon? That is weird. And she says it nice. She's like, I'm not a bacon fan. Although one of my daughters is like that too. No <laughs> pork product. I'm like, are you even my child? I mean, not my goddaughter. Not that one. Okay, she knows. She eats all the bacon. That's right. Becca, I swear. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> She's the gypsy. It happens. Well, man, I'd say this, the whole, I don't know, the whole mental process, the the gymnastics of life in the brain is just And that's fatiguing. why you need therapy. That's why we're on vacation. Also true. <laughs> Although I live here. Yeah, you're not really. Well, you're on vacation today. I am. Sort of. You're still checking in with so, your mods, right? Yeah, and you've got me working right now. So. Exactly. I'm working. Am I being paid sorta. for this? No. <laughs> Dear God, no. <laughs> Am I being paid for this? Let's answer that one. No. <laughs> Speaking of, do you, you? so you have mods. Do you say it like that? I have mods. 
Well, they're moderators. I know, but you you slang it right because it's. I cool. c- I call them weirdos. Even better. That's my thing, though. Okay, everyone, my moderators. Are you going to tell them about this podcast and they're going to hear this and feel bad? No, because already, they all know. They know. Okay. They all know. I'm very transparent with everybody. I have nothing to hide. If you don't like me, that's your problem, not my problem. But I call them weirdos, and here's how that started. <laughs> when I started doing um, my YouTube channel. I didn't know what I was doing. I've never done a podcast. I've never done anything like this. So I'm trying to do voiceovers. And I'm like, I don't even know how to talk. You know, your vo- <laughs> my voice changed. <laughs> I would listen to myself back and I'm like, who is that? Who's yeah. talking? That's not my voice. But when I finally figured things out, I had a good bit of followers by then. And I, I didn't know what to call all these people oh. because he, she, they, them, non-binary, oh, wow, whatever. Yeah. So I'm like, I got to come up with something that's... I'll tell you off air what Lori came up with. It was really good. I can't go wait. <laughs> I wanted to come up with something. And I one of my favorite quotes ever is from Bill Murray. And it's, weirdness is simply a side effect of being awesome. Oh, yeah. So I started calling my followers my weirdos because of their overwhelming awesomeness. And it just stuck. And now everyone's a weirdo. Nice. That's so cool. I love it. I like being once a year. I have some rogue person in the comment section who's like, "That's offensive." (laughs) For saying weirdos, that's fine. You can be offended if that's the way you feel like you need to be. But offense. My favorite clip I've seen of a comedian. I don't even know this guy, and maybe I'd hate everything else he does. But he talks about being offended, and he's like, "He be offended." That's a choice. He says nothing happens. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) what are you gonna do? It's like, what? What do you think happens when you're offended? Oh, you're offended. Sorry. Okay. I'm not going to apologize for it. Right. It's your right to be offended. Enjoy it. You know, celebrate your offense. I don't know. It's a choice. If that's a choice you want to make, I have no problem with that. You're not hurting my feelings. Right. It's the whole sticks and stones thing. We know this. Sticks and stones, they're the things that are going to hurt you. Agreed. Words, they're not going to do jack. If they're hurting you, it's because you're a pansy. You're a pansy. (laughs) I've had lots of people call me other things. Or in this case, you're a weirdo. I've been called worse. Well, right. By, By people that I probably... And you know, concerned about how they think about me. And that's the other thing. Why yeah. do you care so much about what everyone else thinks? Right. Especially strangers. Keyboard warriors. Do you deal with a lot of that crap? A lot of people are like, you're doing luckily, it wrong. Luckily, no. Uh, once in good. a blue moon, I'll have somebody in there. And you know what? You know how I handle that? Hmm. Delete. <laughs> I wish that were true, but it's not. Oh. I come back and I'm like, we're going to be as nice as possible to this person. Yeah. Thank you so much for your comment. I appreciate your feedback. You're probably yeah. right. Actually, there are way better ways to do this. But, you know, I do things my way. And if you do things a different way, that's totally yeah. okay. And you know what? Either they never come back mm-hmm. because they're embarrassed because they didn't get the reaction they were looking for. Right. Or they subscribe and become one of my weirdos. See, isn't that crazy? This is Mine a, too. This is a great lesson. This is something that I, I learned when I was... Uh, like I'd go in to do a worship team at a church, right? So I've been a worship leader for 25 years. You know this. They probably know this. So um, one of the things, I actually taught a class one time about this, and it's the only class I ever taught, so I must have sucked at it. But um, what I you one of the things. You taught something? Well, I was asked to. I don't know that Why? I taught or anyone learned. But, <laughs> but one of the things, it was about team building. And one of the lessons that I threw out was this idea that, you know, you're going to do things the way you do things. Mm-hmm. And the one thing you don't want to do is go into a new situation and ridicule what somebody else has just done. Cause you don't know who in that group like loves the person that was there before and are really mad that you're even there. Like, Oh, I've had that happen you, recently. Oh, see, so recently you know. I had some, a nail technician and I'm uh, very open and honest about the fact that I am not a professional in any capacity. Mm-hmm. I just, I learn. I'm, I'm like a street nail tech, if you will. Yeah. The David Blaine of nails. Right. 
So I had one person in my Facebook group. Now my Facebook group is a very small 9,000 people, but that's small for my little community. Mm-hmm. And I had an Altec put a public post in my group saying, I never would have thought she wasn't an Altec until she, until she used a nail drill on her natural nail. And I'm like, I allowed the post. Mm-hmm. And I sat back <laughs> and I watched my weirdos all right. come in and just attack her. Yeah. Not that I wanted that to happen. I don't right. wish that upon anybody, but I'm like, if you're going to come into my group and start criticizing me, yeah. you're going to have to deal it's with that. It's just dumb. Why it, would you it, do that? It's, right. It's just a dumb thing. People do user groups for different products. They're like, this product sucks. Well, but everybody's here. Okay. Say what you're going to say. But here's the thing. Like you go into that world and you're, and so what I, what I typically would do is I'd say, look, it, here, here's how I am going to do it. Not because it's better. I don't know that it's better. It's what I do. Right. So I just, that's what I can do. If you ask me, and it's really about being authentic and who you are. I'm sure there's lots of things that we're doing wrong right now in this podcast. I'm sure that I know, I actually know this going into it. I shouldn't have had a brighter background behind us, but I don't care. Maybe you sponsor the video, to see the water. Malibu. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's so many things, but it's like, dude, th- this is life, man. It's life. If, if a person doesn't want to listen to me, I don't need to talk them into listening to me. No. Nope. They're still not going to want to, so who cares? Exactly. And I think this is the thing that's missing from so much of our world is being authentic and real and genuine. And and so what whatever you're doing, man, I think it's just you be you. It's unapologetically you. And there are people that are not going to like it. And that's right. fine. They can find another place to be. They don't have to be here. I see. And that's the thing. I, I like a large a large variety of personality types I can get along well with. And I, I didn't know that until I got those personality types in the same room and they didn't get along with each other. And I'm like, mm. oh, I guess, okay, so I'm okay with this. And I, I feel like you're probably the same, same way. way. So, so the thing is, when I come across a person I don't get along with, we don't really mess around with that. They, I just, we don't hang out. No, that's it. And usually they're not like pursuing. I say usually, I don't know if they ever, it's not like they're going, Oh, come on. Can we hang out? And I'm like, no, I mean, it just doesn't happen. But, but the four situations, um, I had a, a good friend say this once because we, you know, working in church for years, it's all about connection, right? Get, get together with people. And if you're not friends with this person, what's wrong with you? I'm like, and he said, guys, do you know what another word is for forced intimacy? Rape. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Exactly. And that's like, exactly what it, what it, I don't want to say feels like, but yeah, that's kind of the emotion behind it. Like, I don't, I don't want to be forced to do anything, nor do I want to force anybody to do anything. Right. That's just, it's not normal. It's not natural. It is entirely normal, natural for, for I look out at this beach and there's a lot of people out there. 85% of them, you and I are probably going to get along great with. The other 15, we don't hate. Just, be you. Go. You do you, and exactly. and they'll probably get along with the other fifteen percent. Because which is fine. <laughs> Y'all can stay over there. <laughs> right. Oh my god. Hey, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is awesome. I hope I hope you guys enjoyed it, and uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Sorry for the massive delay uh, in in uh, podcast, and probably so much so that only three people are going to listen to this. But it's okay. That's fine. Because I enjoy doing it, and that's the point, right? Exactly. Get to sit down and chill. Um, if you want to find more podcasts like this, you can always do that at streamgrace.com. You can check those out. Uh, also, if you hate church, we got a church for you. <laughs> That's, That's the new tagline, tagline right, right there. <laughs> <laughs> you can check out redux.church uh, for anybody who hates it. It's basically an opportunity to go ahead and stay spiritually fed, get into the word a little bit. 
but be able to uh, also join kind of an online community where it's a little less intrusive. So you can do that. Um, if you have any questions or comments, feel free and message me. You can reach me through streamgrace.com. And uh, I guess that's it. I don't know. There's other things I probably should say, but I don't know what they are. So God bless you guys, and we'll see you next time.